Maybe some of you have heard of the term oxymorons before. They are figures of speech in which contradictory terms often appear. For example, jumbo shrimp. That's an oxymoron. Clearly confused. Definitely, maybe. This is one I never thought of. Virtual reality or random order. Maybe this one came from a Quaker meeting, deafening silence. This one definitely came from a Quaker meeting, a productive meeting. Now that is an oxymoron right there. You could probably Google oxymorons and come up with a whole lot more. But they're words or phrases that seem contradictory, again, but they appear together. Like in our scripture text this morning, grace and wilderness. Now, I really hate the fact that Beth and Morris can't be here today because whenever I've preached on grace, their daughter thinks it's just all about her. So, well, and another grace too. That's exactly right. Grace and wilderness. These are not terms that we often associate together. The wilderness doesn't seem like a very graceful place if you've ever been in one. The scripture references over 300 times wilderness. In, in the Hebrew words, it describes places that are deserted or dry or barren or desolate. The Judean wilderness was often translated as, quote, the horror or the devastation. Not a place that you think of grace. Author and pastor Rob Renfro describes wilderness in this way. In the scripture, it is used to describe a time in a person's life when his or her soul is parched and dry. When today it is hard and the future appears barren. When as far as you can see, there's nothing but devastation and you wonder if you'll find a way out. And very often during that wilderness period, you will feel alone. You may even feel bereft of God's presence as well. I think part of what's hard is when these wilderness times come, it's almost as if maybe we feel we've done something wrong. But that's not always the case. Now, there may be wilderness periods brought on by our actions. Sometimes they're brought on by other people's actions, a betrayal, a breakdown in a relationship. Sometimes it's just the natural flow of life the seasons of our life, the transitions in our life. You know, what they say about people, by the way, is change isn't hard. It's the transitions internally we have to go through to get on the other side of change. And change can feel like a wilderness. But sometimes I think we feel when we're in this wilderness that we've done something wrong. Scott Peck wrote years ago in a book, uh, uh, famous counselor, psychiatrist, Christian psychiatrist. He started one of his chapters simply with this phrase, life is hard. And it is. And it can be. And I would probably say if I did an informal poll of some of you here this morning, you could tell me moments of when life was or is hard for you. The context of Jeremiah 31, so we know what's going on here about wilderness and surviving, is this is known as the time of exile for the Israelites. They've been defeated, they've been carried off into exile by the Babylonians, uprooted from the homeland, all that was familiar and known. And that 
in part is the key to knowing that you're in a wilderness period, is that all of a sudden nothing feels normal to you. All of a sudden nothing makes any sense. All of a sudden you feel confused, you feel disoriented, you feel restless, you feel you don't know which way to go in your life right now. That is a wilderness period. That can feel like an exile. You feel like you're in a foreign land and there's no maps on how to get from point A to point B. And so for them, the Israelites, this exile was this wilderness, much like the time when they left Egypt, a time of letting go, a time of disorientation, a time of anxiousness, a time of grief and feelings of hopelessness. And you had this image of the sword being the battle, and the wilderness was the place in which they found themselves. It's in that very place that having survived the battle and finding themselves in the wilderness, it's in that very place, in that place, though, that God says they will find grace. When I've used this particular scripture text in retreats, I invite folks to do a couple things. Number one, to identify the battles they've survived, to use the image of the sword. Even in pastor's retreats and talk about the responses you get. I take a little sword and I just have him pass it around. And I have him hold it. And I ask him, so what battles have you survived? What wounds and scars do you have from the swords of your ministry? Mm. Sometimes it's tough. It's really hard. What kind of wounds and scars do you have from the swords of your life or the battles that you have fought? The places in which you have felt the wounding of a sword, maybe a relationship, again, a betrayal, addiction. And then I invite people to think about the wilderness they may be in in that moment, or maybe that they have been in, which could be depression or grief or separation, divorce. Maybe it's a dry time in your journey, a chronic illness. Maybe a restlessness manifested in a lack of meaning or purpose. Maybe it's just a new season of your life, but I say, so what is that wilderness that you're in right now or have been in? And I would probably say this, every one of us, this isn't a sense of hopelessness or defeatist, it's just true. Every one of us will face some kind of wilderness at one point or another. I think that's the rhythm of the spiritual journey. It's in Scripture, it's with the people of God. In order to get from what you have to let go to what you have to embrace, you always have to pass through a wilderness. Do you ever notice that? In order to get from what you have to let go to what you have to embrace, there's a wilderness to go through. Because it's within that wilderness that we are invited to let go of the things that keep us stuck on the banks. That may be a sermon down the road. Whatever your wilderness is named, however you describe it, the promise given to us by Jeremiah seems completely counterintuitive, but it invites us to see our wilderness in a different way. For you will find grace... In the wilderness is what Jeremiah says. Well, how does this grace show up? What does it look like? Well, I want to start with a definition by Frederick Beekner, who gets us started. This is a wonderful definition of grace. Here's what he says or writes. The grace of God means something like this. Here is your life. You might never have been, but you are because the party would not have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen, but don't be afraid. For I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you. And there's only one catch. Like any gift, the gift of grace can be yours only if you reach out and take it. And maybe being able to reach out and take it is a gift too, he writes. And so as I read that and I 
allowed myself to soak in the rest of that scripture text that we have this morning, I began to see how grace shows up and can show up in the wilderness. And let me just read a few of these scriptures again. As Israel searched for a place of rest, the Lord appeared to them from a distance. I've loved you with a love that lasts forever, and so with unfailing love I've drawn you to myself, and again I will build you up, and you will be rebuilt, virgin Israel. Again you will play your tambourines and dance with joy. Again you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria, and farmers will plant and then enjoy the harvest. So here's what that speaks to me, and I'll share it with you, offer it to you just very quickly. Grace shows up first in the way we're able to find rest in the midst of our restlessness. Rest in the midst of our wilderness, restlessness. As Israel searched for a place of rest, the Lord appeared to them. There have been times in my wilderness periods where the one thing I needed to do the most and the one gift God has given me is time to rest. Giving ourselves permission to rest. As I said earlier, exhaustion and overextending is not a spiritual virtue. It's not a spiritual fruit. Sometimes in these times of transition, these times of wilderness, these moments of change, we simply are offered places where God gives us to rest. Sometimes I've had a day. Sometimes friends have offered us a place to go. Sometimes I find an openness in my schedule, and I just rest. Sometimes there's a sense of rest from all that is kind of pressing in. And I realize that's a gift of God's grace, that in that moment I feel rested, I feel clear, I feel at ease. I think grace shows up also in the way God shows up and loves us from a distance and draws us close so that we don't feel alone, even in these wilderness times. When we feel distant from God, God's love never ends. God's love persists and it draws us close. I love that image. I've loved you with the love that lasts forever, and with an unfailing love I draw you to myself. The Lord appeared to them from a distance. Even when God seems so far away, God seems so distant, there is this love that God draws us in again and keeps us connected in a way that reminds us of how present God is to us and how God doesn't forget us. I often find those moments when I get a card in the mail, or I get a note, or I get a, I get a text that is encouraging, or I have conversations with people that just remind me of how important this all matters, and, and they benefit from the conversation, and I benefit from their conversation. This past week, I, had a, I met a guy over at Jimmy John's. I try to eat local sometimes, because some of the, by the way, some of the most spiritual conversations, no, no reflection on you all, but some of the most spiritual conversations I have are with some of the local businesses around here. I get to know the people, the one who cuts my hair, a person who serves me at Jimmy John's. You just sit there, and, and you talk about it, and you talk about life. And this person came in, and we made eye contact, and I recognized him from somewhere, and he recognized me and realized that we had met at a business that I speak at almost annually here in town. And I asked if he wanted to sit down and, and, and have lunch with me, and we did. And we began talking. We began sharing. And his story was just so powerful. And he began encouraging me and saying, I really appreciate what you have to say when you come and speak. And I was looking at him saying, I really appreciate you sharing your story because this really is evidence of God's grace in your life. And it was in that moment, it's like I could feel God saying, look, don't give up. Keep saying what you're saying. Because every now and then somebody hears it. 
and they receive it. And the same thing I said to him. I said, share your story. It's so encouraging. So grace shows up in how God loves us from a distance. I think grace also shows up in the ways that we're built back up through God's love. In the moments of grace that come our way, they build our courage back up. They build our hope back up. They build our confidence and our sense of worth back up. Wilderness times can be times of healing, of restoring, of building us and rebuilding our lives and souls after an extended time of struggle. Sometimes it's just some very important downtime that we allow ourselves to be rebuilt and restored. That we get away from everything and we see and envision a different future. And then I think, hearing what Jeremiah says, grace shows up in a way that restores to our lives a sense of joy. Life can drain us of joy. Issues can drain us, battles can drain us, wilderness times can drain us, but they can also be a time in which grace shows up and restores our joy in such a way that we we live again. We feel alive again. We want to celebrate. We have a sense of joy about what life is all about, what we're all about, the people that we're with and what that is all about. And God restores that in a way, and that's an act of grace. Like that conversation I had, it just it restored in me a sense of joy. And what it restored in me a sense of joy was people really do want to have these conversations. People really do want to encounter grace and love and mercy and God. People really do want to be healed and restored. And then I think grace shows up here in Jeremiah in such a way that it just makes our lives fruitful again. At the very end of that passage, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria, farmers will plant, and then enjoy the harvests. And maybe I'm reading more into it than what he's saying, but for me, grace shows up in making our lives fruitful again. In other words, during this wilderness time, it shows up as a deepened character and a deepened soul. The fellow that I had this conversation with, to use him as an example, went through a very difficult time. Loss of marriage, loss of job, into recovery group. And as I began to hear him speak, I began to listen to him in a deeper way. And so I asked him, I said, so, would you change it? He said, for what it's brought me in my life right now, as hard as it was, He says, I would not change any of it. He says, it has made me into a better person, a different person. And if I had not bottomed out the way I had, I would not be who I am today. This wilderness experience deepened his character. It deepened his soul. It found the soft spots in his character. And often it finds the soft spots in our character and takes us to a deeper place. And in it we become maybe more patient, more loving, more forgiving, more resilient, more persevering, more focused in life. But in those moments, those wilderness moments, if we can hang in there, it will change us and it can transform us. It will shed us of everything we have hung on to that is not good for us and completely invite us into life in a way that gives us life and breathes life back into us and deepens our character. Anne Lamott, who's a wonderful writer, has this short definition of grace, and I'll close with this. She writes this, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. 
I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. I guess my invitation, friends, is if you're in a wilderness period, don't despair. If you ever find yourself in one, don't despair. If you know of folks that are in it, be present to them and always remember that it's in the wilderness that we find grace. Grace in the wilderness. It's one of the most paradoxical truths of Scripture and the Christian journey, but it is real. Maybe an oxymoron, but it is real. Grace in the wilderness that reshapes us and makes us into someone different.